0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions.
1: What does it mean when a company's share price falls to cheap prices and executive insiders don't buy more?
2: My question is, how much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? I had a question about Dutch Bros. It's going
0: to
3: be a new IPO.
0: And provides unbiased answers.
3: I think the bet on the raw materials that go into electric cars are going to be far better than the electric car producers.
0: Invest Talk. Across America and around the world, your participation makes it unique. Eight eight eight
4: ninety nine chart This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
3: Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to invest talk this is our december 30th 2021 edition of invest talk yep it's our final live show of the year we have half a trading day in 2021 left but uh you know we'll be doing a, a best of show tomorrow but that doesn't mean we can't accomplish a lot today the calendar will soon say 2020 20, sorry 2022 Be a lot to say that every time next year, but my guess is that you you're looking back on this year and you're trying to navigate the year to come, and there's a lot of cross currents, probably even more than typical when you uh, overlay a a pandemic on top of uh, lots of monetary and fiscal policy changes that are coming in the in 2022. And that means you need to reassess your strategy, your style, and your goals for the year and help you, yourself, build a comfortable financial future. That's your goal. So on today's program and podcast, I'm going to operate with my mission statement, which is always independent thinking and shared success. So whether I'm talking about a particular stock, a particular sector, or a strategy, I am here to present it all without bias. I'm not Kramer, I'm not banging bells and whistles, and certainly not getting political. Just understanding the data, the pros and cons of uh, various assets and investments uh, and strategies. And I want to give you that perspective of over 20 plus years of investment experience and lots of data in front of me. So I'm Justin Klein. I encourage you to reach out with your finance and investment questions. And you can interact with me right now during our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time. Or you can leave a question on our Anytime Voice Bank. Either way, the number never changes. It's still 888 chart So let's get right to our first listener question now.
1: Hi, guys. I was calling about gold, G-O-L-D. It's Barrett Gold. I owned it for about a year, and it does nothing but go down. I uh, just wanted to know if that's something I should just sell and get rid of or uh, hold on. See if it goes back up.
3: Thanks for your help. Absolutely not. This is uh, this is a great time to be getting into gold after this long pullback period and entering an, an economic environment that is is slowing in the first half of the year. And we're entering this time period where gold typically does well, and it has been doing well over the past uh, few weeks. You're starting to see a major turn, really, since the uh, the Fed uh, Fed announcement. And to me, that's very bullish on a, it was kind of a buy, the, sell the rumor, buy the news type of event where everyone sold into uh, the Fed tightening announcement and it rallied. And not only is that a very bullish sign, but uh, once again, the economic backdrop we were entering is becoming more favorable for gold as well. So uh, remember, don't don't get the sentiment. I'm getting a lot of these calls. Sentiment is getting pretty uh, bearish on gold, uh, and that makes me even more excited. So uh, I'm 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 pretty bullish on gold for the balance of 2022, especially the first half. 8899 chart. 889924278. Love your questions. Ready for them on today's show. Now my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline. Key signs, you will run out of money in retirement. We're going to go over some of the pitfalls that people make when planning for retirement or lack of planning for retirement, and your retirement might be more expensive than you think, and you might live a lot longer than you expect as well. Those are a couple of those those pitfalls, but we're going to dig into those in a little more detail. Also, the energy sector. On pace to hit a rec- hit record annual gains this year. What does that mean for next year? Also, the U.S. economy is having impacts on supply chains and prices worldwide. So we're going to look at that data. And then lastly, 529 plans. How have they changed, and what might they? What do they mean? It's not just for college anymore. It can be applied for college alternatives. So we're going to look at that as well. Now let's look at the take a look at the market today. You had a pretty strong sell off into the close, which was which was interesting. The S and P closed down fourteen points, definitely overbought. Uh, it was bullish for most of the day, and we had kind of a late day sell off, which was 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 odd to me uh, in some ways. But uh, you know these last, last End of year jockeying for um, position and 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 last minute trades that can put so that it can create a little more volatility, especially if you have a big player that's trying to do something uh, into a lighter liquidity uh, conditions that you have these this time of year. So you had a big seller. It uh, doesn't mean really much of anything except for uh, somebody came in and unloaded at the end of the day and into the final trading day of the year now this is in best talk our last live show of the year 2021 and it will be made better if you are part of the mix so call with your questions 888-99-CHART
0: New Year's Eve will be here soon Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions call invest talk 88899 chart hey
2: Justin how's it going boy hey I just want to comment you were getting off yesterday I got the impression you were you're just very uptight with with uh, the fact that everybody wants to keep talking about all these story stocks and these high multiple stocks that are phasing out. And you actually got me kind of nervous because I have a large part of my portfolio in those kind of stocks. I listen to your podcast every day. I appreciate you guys. I'm thinking, you know, because you're talking about value stocks, maybe you have a segment where you can suggest certain value stocks or stocks that fall into the category of a value stock because I'm lacking knowledge on where to rotate at this time before my portfolio sinks too far. And you were talking about that yesterday, and you're making me nervous. Thanks, Justin.
3: Well, I think he was talking about my bit of a rant uh, probably early last week, and this had uh, a lot to do with just people calling uh, uh, about – uh, trying to buy names that were uh, great stories, um, but were in strong downtrends. There's a lot of high multiple uh, growthier stocks that are now in, in strong downtrends, talking 40, 50, 60 percent, and, and still far away from decent value. Uh, now... My my reason for that rant was kind of to I don't want to say scare you but I don't I don't want you to be scared because I don't want you to have emotion I want you to just wake up to the fact that we are in a different market environment a different market regime and uh, the story is no longer going to be driving the the leaders of the market they're going to be uh, more focused on raw fundamentals that's what happens when the cost of capital goes up. And when I say cost of capital, I mean interest rates. Now, I can't sit here and give you a particular stock to buy. Uh, that, that's something, something we can do against SEC rules. But what I can do is give you an understanding of what the value side of the market is. And value is typically just lower multiple. Uh, when, it, when I say multiple, multiple of earnings, multiple of sales, multiple of cash flow, etc., Now, there are different ways to look at value. Uh, there's cyclical value, and then there are defensive value stocks and sectors. Now, just because a stock is in a particular sector that typically is value, like financials, doesn't mean that it's a value stock. Okay, so understand that. It's just in general, the stocks in a particular sector tend to be more value versus versus growth. Okay, so financials commodities basic materials uh, energy utilities or sorry let's let's put utilities so industrials energy financial services uh, basic materials those are typically your cyclical value sectors so if the economy is accelerating which I don't expect it to be for the first half of 2022 but those are the places you want to be overweight If you're looking for value. Now, if you think the economy is going to slow, there are value sectors, defensive sectors, excuse me, utilities, healthcare, consumer staples. Those are typically value oriented stocks that are non-cyclical. And that's where you'd want to lean probably for the first half of the year. Doesn't mean you get out of everything. It's, it's always when you're building a portfolio, you're shifting right now, getting out of those high multiple growth of your names, or maybe not getting out completely, but reducing your exposure dramatically, moving to your non-cyclical value. Okay. So hopefully that gave you a gave you a sense of what value means. Uh, there's no hard and fast rule. There's nothing that says, Oh, this stock is a definitely value or definitely growth. It's all a perspective, but you can kind of tell where a stock typically leans based on the multiple it trades at uh, the narrative behind the name, uh, cash flows, earnings, dividends, etc. When you have higher cash flows, uh, dividends, uh, trading a lower multiple, that tends to be a value stock. Now, my folks point today is based on the story behind the sideline. Key signs you will run out of money in retirement. Now, your retirement might be more expensive than you think, and you may live a lot longer than you think as well. So let's go over some of, of the pitfalls in retirement. Number one is, we go to the right top here, number one is you don't have long-term care plan. More than half of adults turning 65 today will need long-term care. About one in seven will need care for longer than five years as well, according to the Department of Health and Human Services. And the average annual cost of assisted living was $48,600 in 2019, and a nursing home was $102,000. So that's a sizable nest egg or, or a, a nut that you'll you'll probably want to have covered. So... Look at getting long-term care insurance policy or a hybrid life insurance policy that will pay out if you have a long-term care event, something like that. Number two, your life expectancy. Underestimating it. One in four 65-year-olds today will live to age 90, according to the Social Security Administration. So you need to save enough to cover expenses for probably 30 years, as opposed to just 20. Okay? Now... Those in their 40s, I talk to clients in their 40s, in their 40s, and we tell them that in retirement, you're going to have to spend $250,000. Sometimes that can be kind of startling. Fidelity Investment estimates that a 65-year-old couple retiring in 2019 will need $285,000 to cover medical expenses in retirement. So make sure you understand your medical needs. And in retirement, you should probably get premium Comprehensive Medicare Advantage plan or supplemental Medicare to cover a lot of those out-of-pocket expenses. Then taking into account inflation, something that a lot of people do not do. On the average in the U.S., we see prices of goods and services rise about three percent per year. That means over a twenty-year period, the value of your money is going to drop by about sixty percent. So make sure you adjust for inflation, adjust those costs. Then big-ticket items. Replacing your car, that can be expensive. A lot of people just think of the day-to-day, month-to-month expenses, but any big expenses, you want to make sure you you you, you have budgeted. So don't overlook uh, home repairs, for example, another one that can be big. Changing your spending habits. Sometimes you're you pinch pennies during uh, working years, and in retirement you spend a lot because you go out, you're social, you're eating, you're eating out, etc., shopping, and <clears throat> so understanding your spending habits in retirement is probably one of the most crucial things in retirement. Now we're heading into a break. I'll cover the rest after the other on the other end, and get back to your calls next on Invest Talk.
0: Invest Talk is here to help, and when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open eight 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 ninety nine chart.
3: Now, before the break, I was digging into some of the pitfalls of, that people make in retirement, and the last one I discussed was not understanding your spending habits, and this is this is big, and this is something I ask, uh, I talk to clients about all the time. And we put into our software. It's a big factor. It's you know, how much are you spend going to spend in retirement? So you're going to just stay at home with your grandkids and uh, be pretty mellow, or are you going to travel the world, or maybe you have an expensive hobby like golf that you're going to golf every single day? So these these are huge factors because you're going to be spending uh, a certain amount of money over a 20, 30 year time period where you don't have any. Uh, you know, you're based. Uh, you're basically working on fixed income, right? Working with fixed income, so making sure you understand your uh, your expenses, and then maybe maybe working part time. It's not a bad idea, especially if your expenses are going to be relatively high. Another pitfall is loaning your kids money. There's a lot of people who are forced back to work because they didn't put limits on the support that they give their kids. So if you are thinking about giving them money to buy a house or, or do whatever, you need to make sure that's budgeted and you don't want your children's, uh, lack of success or, um, you know, just neediness, uh, turn your retirement into a struggle. Uh, cause I've seen many a times where kids kind of take advantage of parents who have, have saved a lot, but, uh, are, aren't, don't have strong control and will and avoiding giving all that money to their kids, you know, before they die. So uh, make sure you you understand that. Same with their grandkids. Make sure you kind of, uh, I know it can be difficult, but uh, try not to spend, overspend on the grandkids to put yourself in financial jeopardy. Next one, taking taxes into consideration. A lot of people don't understand that, especially when they have IRAs, 401Ks that they're pulling from. Remember, those are tax deferred vehicles and you have what is called in the accounting world, a deferred tax liability. Meaning your tax liability is still there, it's just deferred until you take the money out. So make sure you calculate that. And maybe doing Roth conversions early in retirement can be a smart way to go. Uh, Another one, getting divorced, that can be very detrimental to a, a retirement plan. And then withdrawing too much money each year. So make sure you get with a financial planner to help you plan that out and understand where you're at, uh, and, and bring in all of the factors, income, expenses, debt, assets, all of that, and make sure you have a sound financial plan. Now let's go to Jason in Alaska, looking at CB, which is Chubb. Hey, Justin. Yeah, so you're you're looking at Chubb. This is one of the largest insurers in the world. Uh, do you own it or are you looking to buy it?
2: I own it, and I bought it in the beginning of the year, and it did really well for me. And mm-hmm. I was hoping it will do good when the interest rates are rising. I was
1: wondering if you think I should hold it or sell it.
3: Uh, well, I think it's a good company. Uh, my issue is that it's 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 about fairly valued. I would say slightly overvalued, from being from being honest but okay. it's a very very good company that has consistent profitability and cash flows and I love those businesses it's buying back shares consistently paying out a dividend consistently it can afford that dividend uh, very easily and higher interest rates is definitely good for this this name but i don't I'm not expecting much higher interest rates in the, the shorter term so it depends on your time horizon. If you're talking about is this going to outperform over the next uh, six months, I'm going to say odds are it won't. But as a broad, as an as part of a broad portfolio that has a very long-term time horizon, I think it's uh, you you can you can do much worse than this. I think this is a very solid, consistent name uh, that I like. So once again, depends on your time horizon. It might be a good time to trim it maybe the new year especially if it's uh, if it's taxable in a taxable account and you have some gains so maybe defer those out and i would yeah i would i would maybe be a time to trim it and reallocate some of the money elsewhere that's probably what i would do but if you're worried about tax implications and you're just more of a very long-term investor this is a good name let's go to Emilios in san francisco looking at rio tinto
4: Good afternoon, sir. And I wanted to uh, be one of the last callers. Wish you a happy, happy New Year coming up. Appreciate Health it.
3: and prosperity. You too, Emilio. You, you too, Emilio. Now, you're looking at <laughs> Rio Tinto. This is obviously a very large, diversified global mining company. $108 billion market cap. You own it or looking to buy it?
4: I, I own a little bit, but I'm thinking, should I exit? Should I just stay and stick out the, you know the headwinds? Or should I buy maybe more at this time?
3: Well, I would. I, I like the commodities place. I, I commodities in general. Uh, I like that this is well diversified. Obviously, they're being hit with what's happening in China, and they are heavily concentrated towards those type of uh, uh, iron ore. Um, mining in, in, that, that, that feeds the steel production uh, for real estate building in China, and that is being pulled back. And that's why your BHPs and Vale's and, uh, and a lot of similar names are, are getting hit. It's good that they're diversified. I like they have aluminum, copper, gold, diamonds, uh, a lot of industrial minerals. So longer term, I, I like Rio Tinto. Um, so I would be more of somebody to add to it at these levels. Thanks for the call. Now, the market will be closed. Actually, the market is open half day tomorrow, just FYI. But we will have a Best of Caller Questions compilation podcast for you, which you can find at investtalk.com. Please please be sure to tell your friends and family about it as well. I'm Justin Klein. and ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your objective is to work hard,
0: plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888 99Chart.
1: Hi, Carrie in Colorado here. Been listening to you guys super consistently since I've taken a dive into the stock market, my financial planning. I adore y'all's show. Y'all taught me so much. Thank you for everything. I was curious about TWLO, Twilio. I'm not sure if it's one of those story stocks. I know it's kind of one of the talks of everybody on Motley Fool, my account. They definitely recommend it. I got it. It did fine. Um, It's starting to take a dip, but as I'm researching, it says it's supposed to bounce back. So I've finally gotten my portfolio on more of a positive blue chip kind of run. I'm not sure if I should just go ahead and, and sell this or hold on to it and see. Anyway, anything, all, anything you guys can give me would be wonderful and appreciated. Thanks again for all y'all do. I super respect y'all's ideas and be talking to you again soon. Bye. Bye.
3: All right, this is Twilio, T-W-L-O is the symbol. And this would definitely be considered a story stock. This is a company that is building a platform as a service. And what that basically means is when you're a developer, software developer, and you don't want to build certain functionalities from the ground up. you What you do is you can use something like Twilio that can automatically build pull pre built solutions to put into your application. So if your application, you want uh, some sort of messaging feature, or a video feature, the functionalities are already pre built. And what that does is allows you to uh, get a piece of software up and running faster, quicker, uh, more stable, because there you're used to Uh, you're you're, you're easily able to grab a lot of these features and put them into your uh, piece of software. And Twilio is the leader in this, but it's certainly not the only company out there that's doing uh, this type of thing. But their their service is clearly in demand and revenues are up uh, about 65% on average year over year over the last four quarters. And so that's 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 positive, uh, and they finally have uh, turned the corner on profitability a bit. In 2020, they made 23 cents a share, but they're expected to lose 25 cents a share in 2021 and 4 cents a share in 2022. And it's a 265 dollar stock, and they're trading at a price to uh, enterprise value to uh, revenues of about 15 times which is very, very expensive. And uh, the reason it's been struggling is because these type of names are, are, are struggling in general, right? We talked about this many, many times, that high multiple growth stocks are, are now in a downtrend and uh, there's likely to be downward pressure as they cannot self-fund themselves. When I say self-fund, I mean take their, their profits, their cash flow, and reinvest it in their business they can't do that. They're just issuing more and more shares. And you can see that with the shares outstanding. In 2015, they had 18 million shares outstanding. Today, they have 169 million shares outstanding. That's up from 147 in 2020, 130 in 2019. So they're utilizing their high share price to fund their ongoing growth and and development. And the question is, can they actually turn a profit. I know accounting wise, they're turning a profit, but their cash flow has never been negative on a, an, an annual basis. And clearly they need to, they, they need to issue shares in order to do that in order to, uh, to, to sustain themselves. And that's not the type of business that you want to own right now. So, uh, I, we, we definitely have this name on our watch list. It's interesting to see what, can they turn that corner? Cause they are, th- this is, This is a type of service that I think will continue to be important in the software development world and will grow in importance. But will they be able to, once again, turn a profit? We're not so sure about that yet. And so I would not be owning this name. Uh, The technicals look terrible. It's down 42% from its 52-week high. And it has a lot more potential downside. Uh, I would not be looking our our price to just start to consider it would be one hundred fifty dollars a share, one hundred fifty. Now it's at two sixty five, so it's it is an interesting name. It's a good. It's a, it's it's a has a lot of potential, but potential is a story. It's not actuality, and right now. We want actualities. We want companies that actually have earnings, actually have profits, actually have cash flow and dividends. This is not one of those names. Thanks for the call. Let's put it to the energy sector and the S&P 500 uh, energy sector is on pace for the biggest percentage gain on record. It's gained almost 50% so far this year. That's going to beat the 2016 previous record of 25%. prices are on the rise for all types of energy inputs, especially oil and natural gas, and prices for energy are skyrocketed this year because of easing restrictions and consumers returning to the roads and home builders, lots of homes being built as well. That's a big factor that drives energy or oil demand, gasoline demand as well. And then the flip side, you have low supply from U.S. producers and OPEC, which has also helped elevate prices this year. Coal prices, those are also on the rise. And that's a crucial element for fueling economic growth, is just energy supply worldwide. And so going into 2022, you're likely to have another year of strong performance. Why? Because supply is not catching up with the demand, and these companies are returning cash to investors through stock buybacks and dividends, and so more and more money is being allocated there. And I expect that to continue in 2022 because this is there's an environment where growth is slowing. Uh, where interest rates are rising, you're going to have to find sectors that can buck the, the, the overall economic trend. Now, typically energy doesn't do well in a slower economic environment, but that's because of demand. If supply is not reacting like it typically does, then the demand, ebbing a bit, may not have the same effect. And that's kind of what we're expecting for 2022. So very interesting to see that the S&P energy sector is having a record year this year. Now, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them for the courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So here are some questions from iTunes reviewers. Jacob says, I'm, a, I'm in my late 30s and I'm a high earner. I just changed financial advisors and the recommendation is to be 50% in QQQ, 40% in X." let me see what this is, XVV, iShares, e, oh, ESG, okay, uh, and 10% in Other. Currently have about 5% in Berkshire, 5% in Self-Directed. Do you have any comments on this allocation and any recommendations on a growth ETF? Well, I'm not a huge fan of the growth side of the market, and I definitely don't like that, that allocation. Uh, you're going to be heavily heavily weighted towards tech. Not only is our Qs just simply a tech portfolio, but XVV, uh, the energy, anything that is in the ESG realm is going to be heavily tech as well. So this XVV is 29% technology, not a place I would want to be. So you're way overweight tech uh, in that scenario. I'm not sure what the 10% other is. So I would really have to see what that is. Uh, but that's just like very basic. I, I don't know why you need a financial advisor to tell you to do that. Um, you don't you don't need to pay anybody to put that that mix together. So I would not be going with this financial advisor. Uh, now, a uh, growth ETF, I, I can't give you. I'd have to really understand your situation. If you want to do a portfolio review, reach out to us. I, I encourage that. And kind of look over your, your goals and your 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 risk tolerance level and your overall uh, asset allocation. I can definitely give you a better sense of uh, what direction to go in. This is the best Talk. I'm new, uh, new Year's Eve is almost here, but for now, let's fit in another listener question from 8899 Chart.
2: Hey, Stephen Justin. This is John from Omaha, a long time listener, first time caller. I'm calling because I wanted to get your opinion on ticker. P L B Y playboy. I know you guys were bullish on this in the past. I see a downtrend on it and I wanted to see if you guys still thought it was a great buy. I'm holding position
3: within it as well.
2: Thank you guys. Bye.
3: Yeah. We're still uh, owners of playboy. We like it. Uh, it is uh, volatile and it's recently had a bit of weakness. I think, uh, because it's, it's an aggressive name. It's a small cap and, the a lot of names, a lot of companies that, or a lot of funds, excuse me, that are invested in aggressive names have been de-risking and de-leveraging their portfolios because a lot of their high-flying growth, your names have been having bad earnings. I think the DocuSigns of the world, uh, Zooms of the world. And th- when that happens, they have to sell off other companies within their portfolio. And I think that's uh, put some downward pressure on Playboy. But if you look at the earnings expectations, uh, they're, they're still expected to, to grow into profitability next year. They just launched uh, centerfold. And we think that's going to be a big driver of earnings and revenue going forward as well. So uh, it's near some major support uh, and we really like it down here in the mid to twenties. That was PLBY Playboy. Now let's touch on, now You know, clock is ticking, the year is coming to an end, and you may be thinking how to best plan for 2022. And if you need a second opinion, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our company KP Financial, which is based in Irvine, California, where we provide both unbiased guidance, both on and off air, and practice parallel investing. We invest right alongside our clients. So if you want to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment via telephone or go to meeting, just send us a message or give us a call at 800-557-5461. We'd love to help you in any way. Next up, we will get back to the Talk Voice Bank. Remember, the phone lines never close at 888-99-CHART. Each
0: day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. And Steve and Justin, thank you for your loyalty would you like your question to be put near the top of the list just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for invest talk at itunes and be sure to include a brief question with your itunes review comments your rating is a vote of confidence that leads to higher visibility and causes more people to discover and listen to invest talk so please tell your friends and family members about the free invest talk downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Remember to include your brief question when you review and rate on iTunes. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24-7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
2: My name is David. I wanted to just call and see if you guys can do a quick recap over a lot of the uh, more basic stuff that you might find whenever you're using a brokerage. A lot of my friends have been asking me, been suggesting your show, but you know they're a bit stumped on something like you know a stop loss, market limit, etc. And yeah, I just wanted to see if you guys could go over that. And uh, thanks for the show. Love you guys.
1: Have a good one.
3: All right, now stop loss order is when you pick a price that if the the price of the stock hits that level, uh, you you can have a stop loss. Market or limit order. Now, limit order will be placed when that stop is hit. Now, typically, you don't want to place a stop at a round number. A lot of people do that. Oh, if it hits twenty dollars, I want to. I want to sell. Market makers, traders that they pick those off. Uh, you'll often see that you'll, you'll get to a, a round number. It'll trigger stop loss so orders, market orders, and you just sell, 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 and then it just reverses right then. So, don't do that. So, that's a stop loss market order. Then there's a stop loss limit order where it hits that limit and then it places a limit order. Now, the difference is that let's say it gaps past that number. There's earnings, it's trading at $22 and has bad earnings. And the next day it opens at 18. Well, your stop loss is at 20. And it's going to put stop loss limit orders at 20. It's going to put a sell order at $20 per share. Well, it's at 18 now you're not getting filled. So it's just going to sit there. So that's the difference between, between that, uh, between the the market and the limit order. And when you're trading, make sure you, you understand the difference. Now, when it comes to just standard limit or market orders, what, what you should do depends on the stock. It's a large cap name, big company, very liquid. Market orders, not that big a deal. Your your fill is going to be probably the same as as you put in a limit order. But if it's an illiquid name, a very small company where the bid-ask spread is very wide and you put in a market order, mm, you could be hurting yourself. You could be missing out on a lot of money. so don't be afraid of either market orders can be appropriate so can limit orders just depending on what you're trying to do and the liquidity within that particular name this is the best talk i'm justin klein we have one goal here is to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom when our work continues after this final break so if you're going to call you want to do it right now at 888-99-SHARK
0: No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART.
2: Hi, my name is Tony. My question is on real estate. If you're collecting $2,000 rent and all the bills to the property are 1,500, so it's positive 500, is it worth it? Or I'm just thinking is the depreciation on the property is what makes it worthwhile. Thanks.
3: Well, you gave me a very small set of numbers. You're you're not giving me the entire picture here. How much is the property worth? What are the, uh, what, what's the condition of the property? How much deferred maintenance might you have that you, you know, how new was the air conditioner, for example, could that go out that you have to replace? Uh, what, what area is it in? What is the, uh, what is the economic backdrop of that particular area, that neighborhood? And then what's your risk tolerance level for maybe taking that money and investing elsewhere? What is the equity in the home? So there's so much more that needs to go into this analysis. So if you want to reach out to me and kind of go go over a complete analysis, uh, I can help you understand whether it's worthwhile or not. But you gave me such a sliver of the entire picture. And when it comes to real estate, it's the entire picture that matters, uh, not just of the property, but the surrounding area and your particular situation, your goals. What might make sense, the same property might make sense for one person to keep it, but not for another, depending on their goals, their overall financial picture. Thanks for the call. Now, let's touch lastly on 529 plans. Now, uh, Just a a handful of years ago, 529 plans could only be used to pay for college expenses. But that's changed recently. Investors can use this investment vehicle to help pay for educational expenses that are outside your traditional four-year college experience. So what does it cover? First off, tuition. Obviously, we know that. But other fees, books and supplies, computers or computer-related equipment. Think of printers, room and board, but you, you definitely need to meet some certain qualifications. But those are kind of the broad things. But it's not just about four-year college anymore. In 2019, the SECURE Act opened up education savings and the qualified expenses for more than just your four year degree, but also things like apprenticeships, uh, education in particular sectors, financial services, healthcare, construction. It even opened up for student loan repayment. You can use up to $10,000 of it for student loan repayment. Now, in some states, you can also use 529 plans to cover Private K through twelve. This is part of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And so it's not just for your higher education anymore. It can be for just K through 12. And then assets can be transferred from one family member to another, either entirely or partially. Think about it: you get to the end of college career, you have still money left over, you already paid tuition. And uh, what do you do with the rest of the money? Well, can be transferred to another member of the family. Maybe the kid, maybe uh, the the child that was earmarked for originally doesn't go to college at all. Well, that money can now be diverted to another child. Now, one thing to consider, one thing to uh, take into account, though. Is let's say the money is invested. You're they're they're in high school. Money's invested relatively conservatively because hey, you're gonna need that money soon to pay for college. Maybe they don't go to college, or maybe uh, they find a better opportunity. They go to uh, get a better job. Maybe they start their own business and they kill it. I have a I have a nephew that is in college now. He had a had a job in in high school. Not job. Excuse me. He started a business in high school, basically importing widgets from uh, China and has had, had a social media platform that they would sell these these uh, little toys and he made a great business, making thousands of dollars a month and he could afford his own college. So in that case, maybe they don't need the money, they can go to an, uh, another child. But think of if that other child is say, in first grade, maybe you need to shift the investment Allocation, something more aggressive. Okay. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free downloads. We're now reaching over 37.5 million. Thanks to you. You can get yours anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Be sure to rate and review. And if you leave a question with your review, we will prioritize your answer. I appreciate you all. We had a wonderful 2021, excited for 2022. You have a wonderful new year. Thank you again for tuning in. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Happy New Year. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the
4: format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered... Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.